Welcome to Diamond Dreams Miami Up and In. This is episode 21. And there's alcohol on the table. Because <laughs> sure we can is. finally drink legally, right? That's it. 21. Unbelievable how fast 21's come, huh? Dude, we went from 15 to 21 really fast. We went from an idea to 21 really fast. <laughs> so. We had some pizza for our kinkses, and now we have our charcuterie board with some some beer, some bourbon. I think we're in good we, shape we, today. We're grown, grown up, man. And with a great with some great guests, man. And uh, and oh. just uh, just a few more episodes, maybe I'll have some you know some white hairs on my beard. Maybe. It's <laughs> <laughs> a few more, but we want to give a shout out to Sammy Love as usual. The great intro music that you guys listen to each and every week. He plays for Radio Stereo and a live band karaoke project called Karaokings. So, dude, you could go sing karaoke and have Sammy Love playing in the background. We're going to have to do that. That sounds like a, like a fun night. Sounds like fun. Sounds we'll like a long uh, night. Tri- triple, triple date. Sounds like a long night, but I'm not sure table. how long nights are nowadays <laughs> for guys like us. Dude, I don't know, man. They're quick. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling I was telling my wife, Anna, the other day, you know, because she's like, man, like th- there's one couple that she knows. Like they go out every single week, like more than once. I'm like, I, I can't do that. Can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Can't do it. Recovering the whole weekend. No, <laughs> I need I need recovery time. But if we want to mention that as each and every episode, we are brought to you by Diamond Dreams Miami uh, Academy. We're here. Season started. Spring baseball. Rocking and rolling. Uh, giving some wins and taking some losses. <laughs> <laughs> what was it that you said about opening day? Opening day, there's two two good things about opening day. You get that opening day win, feels great. But my second favorite thing about opening day is that opening day loss. Because you get it out of the way, get it out of the system. Yeah. Everybody gets a little humbled and everybody's got to get back to work. So that's the way uh, That's the way I like it. That's right. So damn, Diamond Dreams Miami Academy, call Mike. We're here. Bring bring your bring your kids to play. And uh, also Armando Alvarez, realtor. Um, hey, I'm here for your real, real estate needs. You know, if you want to buy a house, sell a house. Right now I have one listed, 6265, 161st place. Four bed, two and a half bath. Nice house. You can put your touches on it. Call me. Buy it. Make an offer. Make an offer. <laughs> and you're still, you know, you come down Miller and you're at DD Park. You're right there. Two That's for it. one. But big episode tonight, Mike. I'm really excited about this one. We want to welcome our special guest, Jason Oricchio. He's a certified financial planner that I know. I use the services. <laughs> NFLPA registered player, financial advisor, founder of, is it just fame or FM, F-A-M-E? Fame. Fame. Yeah. Like fame, like the, like the movie and the song. Yeah. <laughs> Finan- fame Financial Group, a wealth management firm dedicated to serving professional athletes and entertainers. And he's also a friend and a Diamond Dreams dad. Welcome, Jason. Two boys. Two boys. And thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Appreciate you making the time for us today. Absolutely. You know, not only making the time for us on the practices and games, making time for us on Diamond Dreams Miami up and in. Absolutely. And this is something we talk about a lot, Mike. You know, we, we've finished shows and we, we talk about, you know, finances and, and athletes and all that. So it's a, it's a hot topic. We're going to get to a lot of questions. But before we get to the world of professional athletes and college athletes and such... You have two boys. You just mentioned them. Two. Matthew and Caleb. Six, six and, four. and four. Nice. Keeping me on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet. I yeah. have one and he keeps me on my toes. Both really good, really good baseball oh, yeah. players. Really good. Absolutely. Yeah, real good kids. Real good kids. Caleb uh, at four playing with five and six year olds and yeah. man, killing it. Yeah, and Matthew's uh, very disciplined. Very good kid. So 
Let's keep them going. And a big shout out to David Barry, our, our good friend. Mutual friend. That's why I know you. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jason, what's some advice you can offer parents, you know, some parents of young kids that are, are listening to us? How do you start teaching the little ones financial responsibility? When you figure that out, you let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling the story before about how uh, my little one, Caleb, came to me the other day and said, here, daddy, I'll give you $5. Just give me a 10. So... I'm still working on that myself. Well, he's got the right idea, though. Yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah. kind of got the right idea. Double, right your, now, double yeah. your money in five minutes. That's a good uh, investment tool. I, I think, you know, <laughs> I think looking at it, you kind of got to lead by example, right? So it's, they're going to emulate what you do. So if you're saving, if you're, you know, bringing them involved in, in good behaviors, if you talk about their college savings plans, if you do those different things, I think that that is something that they'll emulate over time. I mean, how do you get a four or a six or a 10 year old to really understand the concept of money. I think it's kind of difficult, but I think by doing it, by parents showing good leadership, you know, in their household and trying to save and talking about those strategies. I mean, obviously we do what we can, but I think that is the best, the best gift you can give to them. When it comes I think to that's it. great advice. That, that's, that's really good advice. I have a little, uh, we have a little play register at home, you know, Angelina learning numbers. They say, <laughs> find this, find that. And I'm beginning, you know, she's eight now. And she's beginning to kind of start understanding you got to pay for things, you got to buy things. And I make her do the transaction when we go to breakfast in the morning. She likes to sign the credit card thing when I pay and stuff like that. So she's beginning to get it. You know what I mean? Like yesterday, she helped me, you know, I give her five bucks an hour. Is that legal? I don't know if that's legal. <laughs> but I told her, listen, help me out. You know, she helped me pack some, uh, you know, pack some uh, sales and stuff like that. And, and you know, started, you know, takes a little money and. Get to learn it. Yeah, with, with me, it was uh, my, my dad had a jewelry store. And during the summers, I used to go and he would, you know, he would pay me something at the end of the week. And he's like, hey, look, this is for helping me out of this course. week. Now save it. If you want to buy something, you know, you. But dude, going to the register, right? Anderson has a little toy register. And, you know, people come and give, oh, you know, the grandmas, here's five bucks, this and that. Dude, the other, the other day, we're, 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 they're redoing my kitchen, and uh, we were putting away a lot of stuff, and I opened this little register. Dude, he had like $200 in there. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I need to, I need some of that money. The, kid, uh, the kid's been saving up. He knows how they get that Walidas to hand out the money. He should oh hire you. There you go. You should work for him. <laughs> exactly. But Jason, um, exciting time right now. College football players gearing up for the NFL draft. You were just in Las Vegas for the East-West Shrine Bowl and then in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl week. And, and I asked you this like like a few weeks ago before you went. One of these years, I'm going to go as your intern because I've always wanted to go out <laughs> to the Senior Bowl. And so ne next year, I may, I may tag along. But how, how bonkers is this week with pretty much every NFL team they're scouting looking to get the, the next NFL superstar? Because that's, that's the week to go and, and catch on these gems that might go, you know, First, second, third, fourth. Yeah, when you have seven rounds and however many guys undrafted free agents, it's 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 wild. I mean, the first time I ever went, I looked at it like the craziest job fair in the world <laughs> because you literally have scouts from every team. The Senior Bowl especially, you have executives from every team, and they're sitting down with these guys for 30, 45, an hour, and then certain nights they'll have with the GMs. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's intense. It's as much as... Closest to the combine as you can get, and it's a free-for-all. How many players is in that pool of, like, you know, it's only seven rounds, but so is every player, because I don't, I don't know how it works in the NFL, so 
But I know in baseball, you know, you're a senior in high school, you're eligible for the draft. If you're in junior college or you're a 21-year-old, you're in you know, third year, you know, four-year college, you're a senior. How does it work? Is every senior eligible for the draft? Is every or you have to be invited to the combine? Is there like a how 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 does it work? In so the I guess if you if you've exhausted your eligibility, you're you're eligible for the draft, right? But now with all these COVID years, you have to actually declare because you have guys that can go back. I mean, there are guys in college right now going back for their seventh and eighth years if they had a medical red shirt and then a COVID right, like, year. Uh, like Bennett. Yeah. How many Bennett. how many players go to this combine? That uh, it's over. I want to say it's like. 275. Those are the best 275. Yeah, typically. Kind of, right? I mean, there's only 262. So if you're drafted. not like picked, if you're not invited to that, your chances narrower? Or? Definitely. I mean, there's definitely a, a small percentage that still will. Like I follow a lot of the metrics of right. oh, what percentage who played in the senior bowl got drafted. Usually, I think last year was like 106 that oh, wow. got drafted from the senior bowl. Uh, combine, maybe it's like 90%. So there there are some outliers, but for the most part, it's the the, the vast majority because you have scouts directly feeding that information to the 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 combine directors and to the, the all-star games, who they want to see. So those are the teams that are pounding the table, so to speak, at the draft and things like that. There must be a ton of moving parts at this combine. Uh, like uh, you got to <laughs> be like, I remember, you know, when I worked, when I was studying for the baseball agency and I remember, you know, my boss, Dave, at the time, he'd like that. We're looking everywhere, watching everywhere, and that's baseball. You know, they're running the sixty. It's a, it's a little different, but I can imagine for football, it's it's something that's twice the size of baseball. It's got to be crazy with the things we're looking at. Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot less rounds, right? So it's a, and I mean, baseball to me is wild, wild west, right? Because you got kids, yeah, yeah, high school all over the country. You got international. I mean, it's 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 wild, but yeah, definitely on the football side, much more controlled. Obviously, you have to be at least a junior to even declare, or three years removed from high school, whatever the the rule is. So it. Definitely is a smaller pool, but it's a more concentrated pool. I think there's something like five, six hundred guys will sign with an agent. So you do the math. Right. <laughs> 260 draft picks plus if, another, you know. If you declare and don't get drafted, can you go back for your senior year no. or no? No. That's you, a difference there's a, in baseball, there's a, too. There's a yeah. window where you can declare, but you can, you're eligible you to go, go back, yeah. but not by the draft. Like, by that time, you're long you're past done. the point yeah, of no return. Wow. Yeah, and in the in the senior bowl, you know, there's, a, there's redshirt sophomores that – that, you know, declare for the draft, they go to the combine and all that. So the seniors gives all these seniors that have, you know, they spent all four years the chance to, you know, showcase for, for these teams. So, I mean, it, it's exciting because a, a lot of these guys, you know, they, they play college football for at, at least four years, right? Some, you know, a little bit more. But, man, it's it's quite the showcase that they, they have an opportunity to, to tell these teams, like, hey, look, you know, I've been here four years, but I deserve to go in the first round. Absolutely. And I think I think last year it was like 10 guys. So it's definitely, you know, and I think that there's a element of the maturity and everything else of a guy being a senior. But, you know, they're looking at a lot of juniors who get drafted high. I mean, this year alone, you'll look at Jalen Carter from Georgia and, you know, the quarterbacks from Alabama and Ohio State, Stroud and, and Young. So it'll definitely be, dom you know, it's usually dominated by, right. you know, the underclassmen. But, you know, there's some gems there, especially on the, the senior side. I mean, it just these games are crazy. I mean, I've been at barbecue spots and seeing Dan Marino and John Elway having wings together. It's <laughs> it's really, it's, it's and it's Mobile, Alabama, you know, tiny little downtown. But the things was, that you see is I was going to ask you, like, how's Mobile, Alabama? Because that, you know, out of all places, that's where the Senior Bowl takes place. It's, it's a charming little city. Yeah. It's actually, from what I've read, it's where Mardi Gras started. Well, so you, ha they have a big, so it's always this week. So you saw the, the barricades for the parades that were lining up. Obviously, New Orleans is a two-hour drive. I usually fly into New Orleans and I drive to, to Mobile because it's easier getting in and out. But 
So obviously New Orleans has taken it <laughs> another right. another level. But Mobile is a charming little city. I really enjoy it. You know, I, I see why they do it. It's kind of like having the combine in Indy, where it's a big city, right. but it's also uh, everything is centrally located. You know, it's kind of easy to get around, and they like it's it's the scouts, the executives, everyone likes that setup. Well, the scouts and the executives, they go there. And aside from, you know, watching these kids play and, you know, run a 40 and practice and all that, they sit down, like you said, you know, 30, 45 minutes talking to each of these kids. What are some of the questions that these kids get asked when during these interviews? I mean, everything under the sun. I mean, I, I, I always when I sit down with some of our guys, I'll ask them what's some of the craziest questions you've been asked, you know, and, and I mean. There's always the historically the the crazy ones about what they ask Des Bryant about his mother. Right, about things. his mother. <laughs> so it's it's Man. more it's trying to get insight into them, but it's right. also I think really trying to put you know put some pressure under them. Obviously, if they have questionable incidents in their past, they're trying to get to the bottom of it because you know they're going to make a huge investment potentially in some of these guys. So it's really a lot of background. It's a lot of kind of just getting to know them, seeing what info they'll share or crack. When they do those interviews, obviously one on one time is huge. Obviously, I can imagine. Um, but I'm sure there's multiple people in that room. Maybe the the team psychologist on the room. How do these interviews work? It, it's it's team by team. I mean, especially at the Senior Bowl, it's a lot of like with the scout or you know, there there'll be a much more intense situation with the combine. I mean, you've heard the GM, the coach, a psychologist in the back of the room. So yeah, they will. That's a team by team scenario, but it's really just a matter of what they want to do. And you know, guys will ask people crazy questions. I mean. Just to kind of see if they can rattle them under pressure. Aaron Hernandez got through it. <laughs> oh my god! Anytime somebody is nervous or worried, out one guy was out there. He's like, "Yeah, I'm a little nervous for the GM talk tonight." I was like, "Listen, a lot more questionable <laughs> suspect people have gone through this, you know, exactly, you know, smoothly." So I yeah, have confidence that you'll, you'll be, be right. you'll be good. Yeah. You'll be all right. You know, with, with um with, with some of these guys, you know, they. Like you said, they, they go in sometimes and, and they get asked these crazy questions like, you know, the famous Des Bryant question about his mom. But, you know, when when these guys go there and they have kind of a, kind of a you know, I guess a questionable pass. And, and, you know, when you talk questionable pass, these kids, they're kids. You know, they just some of them may have done some stupid things in high school. And it comes up in one of these interviews. Who helps them prepare for one of these interviews you know because because i know you know a 22 year old kid going in into um into an interview with with a gm from a team or a scout that could be quite the impression on, on a yeah. kid absolutely uh, typically the agent is gonna especially if they have questionable stuff the agent will have done their research they'll know and they'll really some of them get like ex-gms and ex-scouts to grill them under pressure so they'll do like right. mock interviews as well um obviously i'm less on the agent side you know on the but you know, I, I do this every off season. So guys do lean on us and they ask us questions and advice. And, you know, I try and you got to be empathetic. Cause like you said, you said the perfect, they're 22 through 24 year old kids. I mean, if, if you handed me multi-million dollars when I was 22, 23, <laughs> no, yeah. you know, it, it'd be a much different situation yeah. potentially, you know, it, our, our mistakes at 22 and 23 typically could be a few hundred dollar mistake, thousand, you know, these kids say the wrong thing in an interview or they get a lump sum and they gift, a bunch of money away or whatever. Now you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of mistakes. So I think if you just put all that in perspective, it makes, it makes this a lot easier. And now I'll ask you, you know, something to that degree. I mean, maybe I got to just ask it now, you know, before, before we, uh, before we continue, before the, the podcast, we were talking about, um, you know, MLB player who, whose mom signed something in, in, in Mexico. Yep. 
you know, how many times do you do you face some of these kids that say like, you know, they get some money and they're like, hey, I owe somebody money already, you know, because they sign something. Yeah. I think that's more in baseball, right? Especially kids coming from other countries and promises and whatnot. I mean, all the, you know, Yasiel Puig and all that stuff that you've heard the stories of. With me, especially on the football side and on the basketball side, it's more about guys wanting to take care of someone. I never had the issue. Who was it, Kelly Jennings, that his mom gave him a million-dollar bill when he got drafted or some some craziness? <laughs> uh, but more, it's more of like, oh, I want to buy my parents a house. Well, you know, then you have to reevaluate things if they go in the fifth round when they're signing bonuses. Right. $250,000, you know, so, oh, so you're going to pay taxes on that and then buy right. them what house, you know. Right. So a lot of times it's like just putting that in perspective. So it's more about just looking at what they want to accomplish, but then say, look, we'll try and do as much as we can given the scenario. But, you know, I always do the analogy and I've used it till I'm blue in the face. You got to put the oxygen mask on yourself, like they tell you on an airplane, <laughs> before you put it on others. So you do no, you're, you're no good to them if you're in financial ruin and you're worried about them and trying to keep them afloat. So you got to take care of yourself first and then, Everybody else can eat potentially if you, you know, as much as you want and can do. Going back to uh, Senior Bowl and, Shri and Shrine Bowl, what are some of the players that, that, are, that you're working with that you're really excited about at the moment? So, currently work with 16 guys in the league, in the NFL that is. A um, couple retired NBA players. You know, I, my background's in basketball. My first ever professional sports client was J.J. Barea, world nice. champion, oh, nice. Dallas Mavericks, now living nice. in Miami. Hell of, hell of a point guard. Shout nice. out, J.J. LeBron couldn't post you up in the, the finals. <laughs> like everyone says. Um, so that's really how I got my start working in sports. You know, it was something I was passionate about. I played, you know, pretty high level when I was younger, but then realized how hard for guys like J.J. and another uh, former teammate of mine, Guillermo Diaz, who went to yeah. University of Miami, was great drafted player. by the Clippers. Second, has had a great uh, international career, seeing how hard they had to work to get to where they were. And I realized, all right, you know, maybe I should maybe pivot focus. And that's kind of when I went the financial route. And I always knew I wanted to work in sports. I never, I never forced it. And then it really got cooking about eight to nine years ago when I got licensed with the NFL players association and, and really just took off, you know, one of my, my favorite guys, one of my favorite stories that we worked with is a, is a guy who's probably, you know, got a year or two left in the league. Uh, Tyrell Adams came from a small D2 school first one ever out of West Georgia and then had an eight-year NFL career wow. not a not drafted not a priority free agent he was a, a tryout guy and and literally fought for everything he he did over his what, what's the average NFL career span for players what what, what is it the last the last metric like a year or two ago they said was like 2.3 or so less than oh. three which is actually when a player gets vested with like all the intense benefits so it's to me there's no no coincidence there you know yeah uh, it's kind of like that clock in baseball where they right. got the games the counted clock. and they keep yeah. you back a year yeah. to yeah, yeah. so wow. it's definitely uh, are you hearing that marlins <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guys. so it's definitely it's definitely tough right so i have to from a financial perspective i'm talking to these guys like every dollar you get is the last dollar That's you earn it. you know and, yeah. and i've worked with everybody from top 100 picks where they got hundreds of thousands of dollars of a signing bonus or a free agent guy who maybe got a five or $10,000 check. And that's literally all that they're guaranteed, wow. you know, from the league. So it's, it's tough to manage those expectations, but you do what you got to do. And, and I think if you, if you give them the right context and you, you not that you scare them, but you give them the reality of what it is, they can either maximize their time in the league or, you know, or not. Wow. Good. No, it's, uh, it's important, man. It's important. Yeah, it's so, important. so, like, you know, that, that just goes into my next question. You know, you, you represented guys, and you go and pitch your services to, to these kids about to enter the pro level. 
make more money than they've ever imagined. I mean, I'm we all dream we in a short amount of, of time. In a short amount of time. <laughs> Very short we, amount of time. We all dream of you know when I was a kid, oh, I'm going to be a major league baseball player. You know, and 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 those dreams may or may not become a, a reality. When you meet these athletes for the first time, or even with the guys you you, you represent, you know, for you and you represent it for for a bit. What are like the three most significant things you tell them on how you could help them plan for their future? So when I first get started with them, a lot of the conversation is literally about the basics. Because going back to your point before, they're 22, 23, 24-year-old kids. Some of these guys we've taught, you know, I recruit. When I say I recruit, you know, I'm going after these guys to try and, you know, handle on the, the financial and business side. I almost have that same like agent process in which I go out to speak to them and whatnot. So I'm... I'm trying to talk to them about the basics. Hey, how's your current banking situation set up? What's the credit look like? Uh, 50% of the time, these guys have a medical bill the school didn't take care of that they were supposed to or a utility bill. And that's a real problem come car and, and apartment right. time, you know? Right. So definitely the basics because a lot of them don't come from a, a situation where they have that help. I mean, I, I remember recruiting a guy from University of Miami and his mom was in town to help him renew his license because he had no idea. Oh, so wow. just little things that, you know, you, that you take for granted. And I mean, I think, I think if you take a step back and you start with that and you tell them, listen, anything you need, I don't care if you're at a mattress, you know, a furniture store and they're asking you if you want to finance 0% interest or pay cash or, you know, or your university is trying to get you to, to make a donation. I don't care wh what it is because I'd rather help you think through a decision than you make the wrong decision. And then like, like we said, those thousand dollar mistakes add up and that's what makes guys go broke. It's not the the market or anything like that. It's the, the bad business decisions. It's, you know, we saved one guy that he was going to, during COVID, he was going to sign a lease with a, a, a business partner. And he was like, Oh no, they don't need my credit. They just want me to sign. I'm like, no, that is your credit. And if something goes South, they are going to come after you for the money. So like just little things like that, that I think if you just help them think through stuff that they don't have to worry about where they're going to find the info, you know, I think, and that's how we start to build the trust. The, the money management is easy. It's all the other stuff that is the hard part. Right. Yeah. And like you said, you know, a thousand here, a thousand there, 500 here, 500 there. Shit adds up over Absolutely. X amount of years. And, you know, I, I believe like professional athletes, um, I was told this one time by a friend of mine a long time ago, you got to make as much as you can for as long as you can. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I get the whole capitalism part, make as much as you can for as long as you can. But it just seems to me like in football with that average these guys got to have a backup plan, Jason. Like most of them, like, I don't know how, what per, what's the metric of percentages that play that get to get these contracts and stuff like that. But you know, an average of two and a half years, that's probably for at least 50% of the league. No, and there's, there's statistics about what, like 78% of the guys going broke after like five years out of the league. I mean, th and that was more so on like the 30 for 30. If you remember ESPN came out with that broke documentary. Right. With, um, Billy Corbin. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's literally what a lot of these, you know, they're much more cognizant of it now, and they're literally probably 80% of the time, they're like, I don't want to be the statistic. I don't want to be on the next I get, dude, when those, I can imagine when those fat checks are coming in for those years and constant and constant and constant, and then all of a sudden, it stops. Yeah. But the lifestyle doesn't. Nope. You know, dude, and it's hard, to, it's, hard to, it's hard to drop down, man, you know? And, and a lot of these guys have a hard time with it, and I, I, I would kind of get it, like, a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of understand you know like like gotta be tough man 
Well, when you think about it too, not tough. everyone gets the time. Tom Brady farewell tour right. or whatever. Like <laughs> right. a lot of this stuff happens real abruptly. For and these when guys. do these pensions kick in for these guys? Like if they get like in baseball, it doesn't kick in till like fifty three. Oh, no. yep. You in know, the 50s. so yeah, yeah. in the fifties. Yeah. So these guys like. There's some guys in the streets, man. This guy in the NBA was West. What's no, his Delante name? West. This guy's living on the street, man. That guy played against LeBron, you know. With LeBron. Yeah. With LeBron. <laughs> like. a- Antoine Walker gambled away all his money. Oh, my God, man. Literally gambled away all his money. Oh, my God. As oh, we, we hear the cuckoo clock the cuckoo at clock Casa Quintana. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. you, you mentioned Antoine Walker. So um, a couple of the financial sponsors at the Senior Bowl, they used to bring out Antoine Walker to speak. And... Yes, he gambled a lot away, but what did him under was co-signing on some real estate deals pre-2008. And when 2008 hit and all the banks came calling, his net worth was still in the millions, but he owed twice that. So that's really where a lot of the stuff went sour. for So that's the thing. One bad signature, one bad decision, one bad, you know, one scam, one, you know, unscrupulous individual, which this industry has a lot of. And then that's it. It can be over. No, and you just mentioned, you know, the bad real estate deals, helping helping family, helping friends, you know, the entourage. I remember I'm a big boxing guy. Mike Tyson, you know, for once once Mike Tyson Custom Auto died, he got rid of Kevin Rooney, he got rid of you know uh Bill Caton, Jim Jacobs, one of his managers, also died. And then in came Don King and in came a lot of his entourage, right? Rory Holloway and all these people. And dude, Tyson, Tyson went broke really Tyson. fast after that. Tyson made three hundred million in ten years, and he lost all. Of, and he lost, lost all, all of it. it. Lost all of it. So, what's the toughest thing to overcome for 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 these athletes? You know, they envision their NFL dreams, or NBA dreams, or MLB dreams, or boxing dreams, or whatever. And you know, and they don't at that, especially at that age. You know, when they're coming in, you know, out of college, like you said, they're oh man, I got to take care of this person or that person, I got my friends and this and that. When does that reality set in for them when you talk to them and you're like, hey, buddy, like, you know, if you go in this round, like you said, you're going to make this much. Like, you're not going to, unless you go out and and become like this mega superstar, it's not that many people you're going to take care of. You know, I always think of something that Travis Kelsey said. He was on a podcast, I think, with uh, Shannon Sharp. And he said, and he was a second round pick. And he said, so he'd probably figure signing bonus was somewhere in the million to two million range made $4 million over the rest of his four, you know, four-year rookie career. He says, thank God I signed a second contract because I would have gone broke. And I still remember that. And it's so it's really just managing the expectations. You know, we face – once these guys get drafted, you know, we start with guys early. We, we, we try to. Um, you can very clearly see in the CBA more or less what their, what their rookie deal is going to look like, what's guaranteed. If you play out your entire career, what's it going to look like? Obviously, there's different bonuses and incentives. But, hey, if, the, if you end up with this amount – you know, factor in taxes, factor in agent fees. This is how much money you're going to touch. If I fast forward here four years from now, how much would you need to save to say I was successful? So I start getting them to think with the goal in mind. I think that's the biggest thing is you start the, you know, what is the goal? What is the priority? And then kind of backward engineer it to everything else. All right, well, you could still do that. You want to buy that piece of jewelry? That's fine. But the 500 you wanted to save by the year end is probably now closer to 450. You know, so I think if you... Again, I'm not their dad. I'm not giving them allowance. It's their money that they've earned. But at the same time, if they're hiring me and they want me to help grow and protect their their wealth, I'm going to give them, I'm going to be honest of and course. open and transparent and tell them the realities of their decision. Then they're grown enough. They have to live with it, you know? And, and I think 
because I treat guys that way and because we do that, guys are more cognizant and they're more, I think, much more, you know, they're, they're, if having information and education, I think, is the biggest part. When you deal with the unknown, you know, there's that, there was that commercial that always went around that it was like, oh, what's your number? And everyone had like a, a you know, their retirement number. I, their I show, remember that. And I the guy, that one guy had like bazillion, you know, and he had no <laughs> idea what his number was. Oh, bajillion, you know, I'll retire. I, I, I deal with it too, you know, I, although we're talking about athletes and finance. You know, I've had a 15-year financial advising career. I probably work with 300 non-athlete clients. So I deal with a lot of people who get to retirement and don't have enough. And it's like, all right, well, you want to retire off 85% of your salary? You don't have that. So are we going to, you know, defer Social Security? Are we going to work a couple extra years? What are we going to do? So I think knowing the number, knowing, having the information helps you make the decision. And, and really, the one thing we have on our side is time. So you know, I'll just go back to the first question you asked about setting that example, really just starting anything for yourself, for your kids. You want to say for college, I don't care if it's 25 or 50 bucks a month, do it. Because having time, investing, all that stuff will, will add up and matter. You know, how many how many cups of coffee can you go for at Starbucks? You know, if you re you know, it's so cliche to say, but if you really just do something, regardless of what it is, it'll put you in a much better position in the long term, you know, and that's athlete or none. And, and you know, with Obviously, that goes for for anybody because, you know, dude, life can change in blink of an eye for anybody, athlete or non-athlete. For athletes on the field, especially in football, which is a, a contact sport, dude, your career could end immediately. Look at, you know, Bo Jackson, probably the one of the greatest running backs I've ever seen, had a hip injury, and that was it for football. You know, uh, many other guys. And, and these college kids, they go through injuries. I mean, we've seen... You know, I'm a big Canes guy. Willis McGahee with that almost yep. near career-ending yep. uh, knee injury. And then he had a pretty decent NFL career. You know, Tua with the hip injury. And, Dude, you know, go, he, go he's back in the league. Four weeks ago, Damar Hamlin in Buffalo. Damar Hamlin, who literally died on the field Forget, and they brought yeah, him back. Yeah, his career. Yeah, the, yeah I mean, life. so do, do these kids, you know, I, I know when, when I was, I mean, when I was in, in high school and even in my early 20s, you think you're invincible. You know, you're like, oh, nothing could happen to me. You know, injuries, most teens and early 20s don't don't suffer these injuries. But do these guys know that? I mean, they, they must know, but do you have to put it through their head like, hey, dude, you know, yes, you have all these high expectations, but I don't care how good you are. I don't care if you're the first pick in the draft or if you're the last pick in the draft or you're Brock Purdy. One injury. Look what happened to Brock Purdy the you're other done. day. Tua. That, that could be your career. That's <laughs> yeah. it. So people are much more cognizant. Again, they're aware as they see these situations. And I think Damar Hamlin's situation shocked a lot of people and scared them that it wasn't just about career anymore. It was Life. livelihood. Um, some people, it's almost like a don't ask, don't tell type of thing. Like they don't want to say anything to jinx it. But I mean, I'm a big believer in, in, you know, obviously I'm on the risk management as well as the wealth accumulation side. And it's not just for to protect from injury. It could be, I don't care how much money I make you in the stock market. If you don't have your stu your ducks in a row and think if you walk across the street and someone ha sees that target on your back and they try and, you know, be litigious and sue you, I don't care how much I made because it's going to go to that person, right? Yeah. I mean, look at all the things that happen in Miami that people lose money on bar fights and accidents, DUI, Dante Stallworth, all these, all these stories that you hear. And there's so many things that if you just ensure and protect against what can go wrong first – then that, that makes you free and clear of what can go right. You know, it, it can be a battle with certain guys. Like, again, I've had some guys where they're going to a contract year and, you know, we do a lot of the, like, Lloyds of London, disability insurance, uh, you know, the stuff that college athletes protect themselves, but also on the 
on the career, you know, career contract side. So some of them do it. Some of them, they don't want to jinx it or they don't want to, oh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to ride how, with how it. Many, how many of these young kids do that? You know, they they get an, an insurance and, and if their career is over, they're, they're good. It's, so college, especially if the college is going to pay or loan the money, I would say a good majority of them are doing because they haven't gotten it yet. A lot of guys, I think once they're in the league, probably like 50-50 at this point. Because, again, some of them have it. Maybe they have some money. They're like, oh, I have something through the, the PA. I know I have this. What, what does something like that run? What does a policy like that run? Like, give me a small example. on. So it, dep it depends on. So you have d those disability policies will cover for a, um, a career-ending injury as well as, like, something like Tua had coming out of school that protects your, your ability to earn if maybe you fall. Like, they call it loss of value. So if you fall in the draft due to an injury. Just on the pure, like, career-ending side, you could, you know, million, two million, you could look in the $10,000, $20,000 premium range. A just, year. Uh, yeah. And so, but you have to renew that every year, go through underwriting, because obviously one year could be a big difference. When you start talking about the loss of value to protect, you know, I'm supposed to sign for 60. Well, if I sign for less than 40, they'll cover anything, you know, for a ten to $20 million gap. Those things can start to run thirty, fifty, up to a hundred thousand dollar premium, depending oh. on you know what. It depends wow. on age. It depends on you know. We were insuring a baseball player where it was just career ending type situation, and he was paying like thirty five, I think, a year just for a million dollar benefit. Are a lot of these big contracts like um, of the NFL players and the baseball players, like if like for example, like Max Scherzer, Verlander, like they insure their the arms, their right arms, or is it them as a person? Or the teams do. The teams will have for the high value ones like that. They're definitely taking definitely, out a yeah, for sure. like a key, they call it like a key man. You know, key yeah, man the guy goes down and it'll yeah. get paid. Yeah, it'll get exactly. reimbursed to them. You know, obviously doesn't cover the full amount typically, but yeah, they're they're definitely insuring their investment for sure. And we'll go back to football in a second, but how about like a guy like Carlos Correa who just went through. Two failed physicals, two rescinded <laughs> offers, then finally signs a contract. Like, at this point, what can he do to protect his future? I mean, aside from the contract that he got, right? Yeah, I mean, so not knowing, again, I don't know what type of guarantees and stuff he had. So the, the companies are also going to insure based on, you know, where the gaps in, in uh, football is a lot easier because a lot of it's not guaranteed. Right. Baseball, if they have a fully guaranteed contract, some companies might not even insure him because they're like, it's just extra risk for us, Correct. and he's not losing any income if he did get hurt. So it could be difficult for, for someone like him. You know, a lot of times they'll look more so on the contract year if they want to do that. But for a guy like that, all right, does he want to take out a $100,000 premium, yeah. you know, yeah. to, to ensure when he just collected however many millions over, over the previous years? Now, on the flip side, can the Minnesota Twins do something on their end in case Carlos Correa, you know, has some, some injury related to that and can't play anymore? Absolutely. Yeah, they a lot. Like I said, a lot of them protect their investment. They write things in the contract, but mainly they can get insurance to to protect their investment as well. Oh, that's pretty awesome, Carlos Correa. <laughs> <laughs> we we talked about Carlos Correa for weeks on end. Yeah, yeah. I knew there had to be an exit for the teams yeah. for the risk. You know, there like there has to be because you know that's good. Yeah, it's all, it's Co all, Cohen it's came in, yeah. you know, hot with a thirteen year contract, and you know that then that all went to hell. But Jason, going back to to NFL players and, you know, not, not NFL players, just athletes in general, right? For every Antoine Walker and, you know, a, a bunch of the other guys that, that came out on, on Broke, right? There, there's guys that, that have made good, you know? I mean, I, like in the Broke documentary, Jamal Mashburn bought a bunch of, you know. That's exactly uh, who I just thought about when you were dealerships, saying Dealerships, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and it's funny because when I was watching Broke and Mashburn kept on coming out, I was like, 
I'm kind of surprised he's even in this documentary. And, you know, then at the end, he's a, he's a success story because I, I met Jamal Mashburn in the past, and the guy seemed pretty level-headed. Not that level-headed people can go through that, but he seemed like a guy. I remember going to a Dunkin' Donuts um, by Channel 6 when I worked there at Keith Sims Zone, you know, former mm-hmm. guard of the, of the Miami Dolphins. Awesome. Chad Ochocinco said that he fly spirit and he used fake jewelry. <laughs> he owns three McDonald's franchises, I yeah. believe, yeah. So, and then Rob Gronkowski said that he didn't spend one penny of his contract money. All he spent was Endorsement. in endorsements. So what what are some of the ways that athletes can still enjoy, you know, the, the nice lifestyle, the lavish, you know, lifestyle, the, you know, the bling bling, whatever they want to say, because, you know, like, you know, these guys want to go out and... You know, show off. I'm I'm an, I'm an NFL athlete. I'm an NFL player, NBA player, whatever. But still protect their money. So how can they kind of balance Oof. that that life? So first off, I think you acknowledge that very few people can follow the Rob Gronkowski model because mm-hmm. a lot. I mean, yeah, yeah. the amount uh, even with NIL and it, well, I know we'll talk about that later. But even with endorsements in general. You know, a very few percent, especially on the NFL side, because these right. guys are covered, they're masked the entire time. So there's not a lot of marketing dollars to go around for these type of guys. So I think with anyone that we sit down with, it's about having a realistic expectation of earnings. Like I said, a big point of that is looking at where they get drafted, what's your projected, you know, contract situation, and then starting with the end in mind, starting with the goal. What are your goals? Like, what do you need to make happen to make this a reality? You want to stack. By half a mil, a mil, two mil by the time your contract's done. Okay. So that means if we backward between taxes, agent fee, this, that, and the third, this is how much money you have to spend. You want to get a jewelry piece, you want to buy a place, you're gonna rent. You know, you want to get a car, you're gonna rent, a, you're gonna lease a car. I think that if you start with a goal in mind and then kind of backward, you know, backtrack it. But if you just, you know, if you're praying every week and you know, a, a minimum player is getting a forty thousand dollar game check. Even if they're on practice squad, their salary is in the 150000 for the season range. Again, that's probably more than they ever touched before. So right. when that money's coming in in season, you know, and now they did something different in the NFL where you used to get paid every week a game, you know, or two weeks, two games. Now they do it where they actually cut it in two. They cut it in half and they spread it out over a 36-week period. So it stretches it out as a little bit better so that they don't just blow it all. But imagine if you were getting a $20,000 paycheck every every two weeks, you would think that the money's never going to run never out. Never going to run out. You know, and then, yeah. and then you have that that period in the off season where you start to spend it all down. Well, what did you see? You had a lot of guys in July and August before camp taking terrible loans out because they needed money because they were broke and they spent all the money and they wow. still needed two months to live, but they still have a contract. So then you have these loan sharks come in, lending guys 20, 25% interest rate for a three-month period. Sharks, man. You got to watch out for these sharks. Yeah. So I always joke too oh because God. whenever, when I recruit a guy or I'm, I'm, you know, a guy wants to work with us, I always introduce myself to the agent so he knows who I am. You know, we have a little bit of credibility and I, you know, they'll, May they ask you a question about, oh, how do you, and I go, look, a lot of the agents like working with us because they never have to lend their money player in the, uh, the their player money in the off season and all their fees get paid. So exactly. if, if I'm doing that, I'm doing my job, exactly you know, to, exactly. to them, to that, to their standpoint. So it, it's really just about that, you know, just trying to do the best you can. But again, I always tell them I can't care about your money more than you do. <laughs> so I'm not. Again, I'm not your dad. I'm not a no guy, but I'm going to do what I can. Now, I am a no guy to the family. That's one thing I have had to, you know, you talked about the hardest thing. There, there is family and friends and the entourages can can be something. It can be difficult. So I tell the guys, 
look, I'm going to try and be that no guy. Well, you know, we have professional and articulate and friendly ways to disparage things like that, you know, but I told him I'd rather me have the issue with them than you because this league's hard enough to make when everything's roses and all your relationships are in order. But if you have trouble on that front, it carries over into the field and it's no coincidence. And I know that there's programs in place or, you know, the, the talks that go in, you know, during combine or, or, or like rookie symposiums and all that. You know, a lot of these guys want to go into broadcasting after. You know, I come from from the broadcast world, and I see a lot of athletes. You know, I've worked with with former athletes. You know, whether soccer, or football, and basketball, and whatnot. Um, what does the NFL do to prepare these guys for for a future outside of football? Because a lot of them carry big names. You know, since college, and and a guy like I say, like you know, just thinking first guy I thought of Todd Blackledge. You know, great quarterback at Penn State. Everybody knows him because he got famously drafted before Dan Marino. One's a Hall of Famer, one isn't, but he's had a long, a long career in football. Nate Burleson, forget football. This guy's like on Good Morning America or or one of those shows. Michael you know, Strahan. I mean, yeah, Michael yeah. Strahan. You know, um, how many of these guys, maybe in, in conversations with you or, or or other people, say like, hey, you know, what's something that I could do? You know, do, do a lot of them come with a thought of like post football. Cause I know a lot of them don't want to jinx it, but it's something you gotta, you gotta think of. Well, they, they know that football, their, their non football professional life is going to dwarf their, their professional life. You know, even if they go into coaching, it's still yeah. <laughs> professionally related, yeah. but it's not, right. it's not playing on the field. So they, again, the, the, the new breed of guys, the new breed of athlete definitely is thinking more about it because there's been so many warning signs and bad examples before them we learn about the guys and find out what do they want to do. You know, we encourage them to leverage those opportunities while their name is hot. Because when you're retired, you know, you'll have a lot more people at your door willing to give you opportunities than if you're the star safety for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, so we encourage guys to get their brands out there, get their merch stuff going on. Anything you want to do, let's 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 contact the companies. Let's 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 really leverage your name because you're never going to be as hot as you are now for sure. So a lot of guys are definitely more aware of it. We we try and learn more about them. I had one one of our draft prospects this from this last year. He wants to get into trucking. He comes from a trucking background, trucking town. So we're gonna evaluate opportunities to start. You know, want to get him through his rookie year, which he did. And then now it's like, all right, let's look at some trucking opportunities. And do you know a driver? Do you know are they gonna own or operate? So these are all things that we get them to think through because again, now is when people will cut you deals and cut you breaks and want to be with the cool guy because you're still an active NFL player. We want them to leverage those opportunities now. So they're definitely, you know, more aware and thinking about it. I, I don't have, I mean, I know people get into broadcasting and whatnot, but I don't, I haven't had a lot of people that have talked about the broadcasting TV angle. Obviously some people are, they would, but people are thinking much more, you know, I think outside of football and, and business opportunities and, you know, cryptocurrency businesses and opportunities and just things that they hear about and they want to learn more about. And I encourage them to, Look at all over, you know, let's figure out. And then with on the business side specifically, look, any business can go to zero. So my goal is to make sure that the other 90% of your nest egg net worth is free and clear so that if some of those things go bad, you're not in financial ruin with what's left over. And then that frees them up to basically be like a venture capitalist or an investor to figure out what they like, but gives you time to figure out, okay, which one of these five things is going to propel me into the next, you know, next phase of my life and my career.
You mentioned something interesting, merchandise, right? A lot of these guys, you know, there's T-shirts with their face on it and all that. And, and there's some companies that sell T-shirts that are NFL, PA, um, you know, um, I guess. Licensed. Licensed, right? How, how much how much do these players make off something like that? Like, I, I bought a Tyreek Hill shirt, you know, that, and I bought one for, for my son that he's, you know, throwing the, the deuces, right, as he's scoring a touchdown. How much does a Tyreek Hill or any player get from, from one of these shirts? I mean, depends what they're – I mean, I've seen some shirts that they're selling for, like, 50 bucks. They may make 20 bucks, a, you know, a piece after, you know, between printing costs, you know, shipping, you know, landing. A lot of these guys end up buying big old – there was some famous thing where Alvin Kamara had bought, like, I forgot how many thousands of dollars worth of things that were just sitting in a warehouse. He's like, who wants to buy these stuff? You know, I just bought it all. So you have a lot of the people doing print on demand. I have some really good marketing and, like, branding people that – we want to figure out, okay, yeah, maybe you don't make as much per shirt, but you're out a whole lot of, uh, you know, less out of pocket to go ahead and do some of these things to see, does it sell well? What, you know, is there something you want to do? But, I mean, that's not, they're not making their career. They're not making a significant endorsement opportunity off anything like that. It's almost like extra change at that point. I mean, we had a guy make the Super Bowl a few years ago, and and it wasn't anything that was significant. He, he, made, he made a lot more winning the Super Bowl than he did, you know, off any merch that he sold that week. <laughs> right. And now let's talk about something that has been, you know, in the news. A lot of people are talking about it. It's uh, it's out there, and we're all trying to understand the the world of NIL. You know, before it was, hey, Mike Quintana, you're a hell of a baseball player. Here's a, a, a scholarship to FIU, right? Now it's, Mike Quintana, you're a hell of a, of a high school player. Here's 100 grand. And, you know, you're going to be doing something. There's these collectives that are showing up at at these schools. You know, how could you explain NIL to the listeners out there? Because, I mean, even me, like, I, I understand it, but I kind of still don't understand it fully. Like, how how are people getting away with this when, you know, some go back 10, 10 15 years, Nevin Shapiro <laughs> was getting in trouble for, you know, pumping money into the University of Miami? Yeah. So obviously NIL stands for name, image, and likeness, and it's a way for the, the original thought, right? So here, we're going to talk about the theory and the practice of it, right? So the theory Correct. is there's, they're allowed to earn money off their likeness, whether it meant jersey sales or doing a commercial or things and, like that. And let's go back because I remember this became a big deal when Ed O'Bannon sued the NCAA. Well, and EA Sports because of the... And EA yeah. Sports, that's right. Yeah, so that was a perfect example of their name, image, and likeness being used and them not being compensated for it. So that that really laid a lot of the groundwork for what we know of it today. Now it's like the wild, wild west. So the practice of it is you have, you know, it's not supposed to be a pay for play. So they even say that if you sign an NIL deal based on performance or if you transfer from the school, that shouldn't impact anything. So there was a big thing with the, I know the kid from Oklahoma that transferred to South Carolina, the quarterback, all these different things where they should not have gotten any of their stuff stopped but they're still doing it in plain sight, you know, and, and then you have the Jaden Rashada who UM, UF. That became a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So, and then the speculation was 13 million from Florida that didn't happen. And now who knows what, if anything, he got from Arizona State. So it, it's it's crazy. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you have school, the, the transfer portal has become almost like the NIL portal about who's willing to give me more money, who, you know, what are the deals that will get me to stay where I am? It's tainting, man. It, it's tainting. And like I told you before we started, I think, I think that these deals, they, they also, they, they relieve the power a little bit from the coach, I think. 
you know, because these players get these big deals and I've heard of some deals contingent on the kid being a starter or a kid playing and then kind of ties the coach's hands a little bit, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just to me, it's always been, you know, like, do these guys have access to this money right away? Is this something that that's, you know, it depends. I know some of it's, yeah, or? some of it's like a lump sum. Some of it's like monthly, right? That's what it depends on but how then they the recruiting it. part of it. Like, how does this affect? <laughs> like, it affects big time, man. It like, affects big time. Like, so, so it, it's, you know, and one time I heard Tim Tebow say, like, you know, like he was super against, like, first of all, how much money would Tim Tebow yeah, make, by the way, if he would have. Him, you know? Reggie oh, Bush. Yeah, but, they, they talked about But he was saying is like, it kind of takes away a little bit of, you know, you want to be a Florida Gator. You want to play a Florida. Like, you want to be a Hurricane. Or for a coach. You want to play, play for a coach. You want to play for prime time. Like, now it's like, oh, I want to play for prime time, but you know, this other school is giving me another 600000 Right. And I don't know, to me, and again, I believe in capitalism. Make as much as you can for as long as you can. And I get it. But I'm not sold yet on these college kids making all this money. I'm just not. So I'm just not. I'm, just, I'm, I'm always pro player because I see you know, guys get taken advantage and used for the length of their career. So I'm definitely pro player in earning money. Now, my counterpoint to that would be, there's a lot of guys getting paid before NIL, right? This is kind of different, right, you know, legally, right. yeah, Cor- yeah, correct. So, so you, yes, you had a lot of things that were happening. Now, does it mean that are they getting more because it can actually legally be paid and they could pay taxes, you know, versus a duffel bag full of cash or whatever it was? So it was happening before. I don't know the truth. It definitely has, you know, impacted the transfer portal. I mean, there, I know it's impacted high school recruiting crazy. Because now colleges are so worried about the transfer portal, they're hardly recruiting guys out of high school. It's 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 legal now. Like you know, before you know, we had the stories recruiting, the money, the buying the tractors, you know, all these things yeah, that we yeah. hear, whatever. But now it's like just write a check. It doesn't matter now. It's in the open. It's just write a check, and um, I don't know, man. I just again, I just uh, to me, it it just it, you know, it just taints it for me right now. Like, and again, I'm a guy who takes time. Like, I'm very late on things, <laughs> I'm coming around on things. You know, I'm a big no guy at first, but um, just to me, it's weird. It's just weird. I remember it's watching weird. a movie growing up, and it's uh, I-, I love the movie. It's called Blue Chips. Mm-hmm. That that's and the one that I was Penny Hardaway to, yeah. and and Shaq and and the other kid with with, Is the, this with the tractor. With baseball players in college? Are there any baseball players getting these NIL deals? I think, like I think it's all over thing. the place. Yeah, they, I've seen like those, those girls at at UM that that yeah. are doing some stuff and getting money. Yeah. The the so surprisingly, I remember looking at some metrics. The two biggest sports that get the most <laughs> are football, reign supreme. But women's basketball was actually ahead of men's basketball in, in a lot of metrics wow. because of wow. the Instagram, the TikTok following. Obviously, the, the twins the from twins, University yeah. of Miami came from school on the West Coast and, and capitalized. And they have deals with like Boost Mobile and a ton of, of out. But that's also because of their social media following and what they have. And these NIL deals are obviously contingent on the players staying eligible, right? Or not, no? Not necessarily. Eligibility, I'm not sure. Like grades wise yeah. or or no or eligibility, I'm not sure, but definitely it can't be tied to performance or starting or even being at the school. I mean, so that's why a lot of them put it like year to year or different things. You know, they try and do it that way, but it's not supposed to be an enticement to come to school, an enticement to stay at school. But I, it, again, so what, where I do, I 100% agree. It's it truly is the wild wild west. It's it's <laughs> it's crazy where it's gone and and how. I mean, I would be I think a little more open to it if you say, all right, look, you're you're a college student, 
You got a $500,000 NIL deal. Great. You're going to get 40000 a year while you're a student. And then the rest of the money is going to be in a thing or when you graduate yeah, trust, or escrow, when you finish yeah. your pro or escrow or something. But something reasonable. But, you know, guys showing up to schools and, like, Ferraris and shit, like, I don't think that, you know. And then how's this going to skew the grade situation because – Kids are going to have to pass. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. It's just, como dice, man, donde meten mucho dinero y donde meten el humano, you know, they mess it up, you know, but I don't know. It's yeah, just to the, me, I'm not I convinced think, yet with it. I think the theory of it made sense, but the practice of it has gone off the rails. And, you know, yeah. then you have coaches throwing shade at each other. You know, you have Jimbo going after Nick Saban, you know, so it's just all that. It's funny to see it play out because a lot of them are doing it, right? They're the schools that are benefiting a lot from this, you know. Are, you know, I'm, I'm an FIU alum and, we lost two of our biggest transfer guys this year, one to Auburn, one to Maryland because of NIL, because of, I mean, I'm, I'm presuming NIL, but just the transfer portal in general and going on to the bigger school to try and get their, their name out there, you know? So it, a lot of the group of five schools, the smaller schools are definitely feeling it. You know, I think, I think between this NIL thing and this transfer portal, man, it's, Super wild, wild west. Yeah, there's no, I there's no loyalty. A, I had a friend no of mine tell there's, me after the season, he's like, "How do you build like that? Like, how do you build like that? How do you build a program like that where at any moment, like, your guy can be gone? You know what I mean? Like, how do you build like that? When the season ended, a friend of mine um, told me, "Dude, twenty to thirty Miami Hurricane players will enter the transfer portal. That's crazy." And how I mean, many are on this a, roster? He's about, <laughs> he was about right. You know, I, mean, I remember before, you know, I was a, when I became a freshman at FIU, I was like, you're there three years. You're there until you're draft eligible. Like, there was no, like, you're going to transfer and no you're going to, none of this existed. <laughs> like, I was a freshman. I waited my opportunity. But I knew that if I went to Division One route, that I was going to be playing for that program and that coach and those colors for three years. I don't think you're getting that now with football. The way I mean, you get it because players stay where they they are, but that's you're not you're not getting it based on the systems locking you in, which I think is a problem. No, and it's gotten ugly too. I mean, when you have Nick Saban coming out on national television and accusing Jimbo Fisher of buying players, and then Jimbo going and you know and and, yeah, uh, yeah, and right answering, dude, it and and the University of Miami gets a lot of crap, a lot of crap, but you know. John Ruiz, to his credit, he says, hey, look, I'm doing everything right. You know, he's playing within the rules. And, and if you're playing within the rules, you're playing within the rules. Nobody knows the rules better than that guy. <laughs> that guy's <laughs> you're awesome. Playing within, you're playing within the rules. But, man, like, going back to, like, you know, blue chips, I, I remember Nick Nolte saying, oh, we have the best players money can buy. <laughs> yeah. The best players money can buy. You know, as as, as he's, you know, closing out his uh, his last press conference yep, and, yep. He, and, he, yep. and he retires, he he resigns. Talking about the best players money can buy. These kids are getting money. Do they understand the tax ramifications? What comes with making money? Because these kids are probably going to go into it and say, hey, you know, oh, I'm making 100 Gs. Yeah. <laughs> that's or, it. Or a lot more. I mean, I remember, and that's not an NIL problem. I remember guys in the league getting their $100,000 signing bonus and like, hey, I only got half of it. Like, no, 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 you, you got it all. <laughs> Uncle Sam got his half, you know? Right. So if they don't understand at that level, they're definitely not understanding the college level. And then you have it, you know, you have the money situation, but then also any in-kind stuff they get on these sponsorship deals, all that adds up. 
So when these guys get a 1099 at the end of the year or whatever, they have like, no idea what to do like with what, it. What's so, that? No, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Semi-average? <laughs> and then factor, factor one more thing in. Now you have kids that are presumably, what, 18, 19, 20, getting that kind of money. Maybe they're young enough where they need a parent to sign off. I mean, talk about, like, just dangerous, right? That That's where it really gets crazy. So, yeah, we definitely have, with NIL and, and kind of learning the landscape a little bit more, we've definitely shifted our focus to try and educate them on it. How can we do some good things? How can we save you on taxes? By establishing a, a corporation, doing a, a solo 401k. So not only can you save money on taxes, you can also put some money away for your future. Exactly. So we're definitely... Uh, that's been an all hands on deck thing for some of the the younger guys that we're recruiting and gals. I mean, at this point, because there's some studs. I and mean, like I said, women's basketball is one of the sports that's bringing in a lot awesome. of money. That's that's awesome, bro. Women's basketball, huh? Gonna get their share. No, and and the importance of doing things correctly. Even if you're not an athlete, I remember you know sitting down with Jason for for coffee and we were talking about you know me doing taxes and you know I have an S corp and in, in real estate and all that. And he's like, oh, you know, you're, why are you doing your taxes? No, I do. Oh, no, you're supposed to do this. So now I'm going to, you, the, go. you know, Stephanie Bestilich, who's who's excellent. And, you know, we're doing it the proper way. You know, it's always, it's always nice to do it, Absolutely, to do it the proper correct. way. Listen, w- one thing that I've been wanting to touch on since you said we we're going to have you on the show that we didn't have listed here. Bro, what happened with Usain Bolt, man? Yeah. Dude, the guy invested. He gave a fake That's group insane. $10 million. Insane. And they told him they were going to turn it into... A Billy? Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> I saw it on your Instagram. You're like, not a Billy, dude. buddy. Well, and so how, how, how yeah. do, like, like, all right. So what sucks about this situation is that he's probably not running anymore. So, yeah, I don't know how much money you make as an Olympian. I'm sure he's made, but he gave these people $10 million. And then I guess when he went to go look at what there was, it was like $1,800 in there. Yeah, they weren't buying. They weren't actually buying whatever they said they were buying. I mean, there's so many stories when it comes to that. Now, I will say... Apparently the numbers were off because the billion was supposed to be in Jamaican dollars and that's where there was a little bit but it still was like an unreasonable, you know, right. pr- if something's too good to be true, I mean, so what happens it's lost, money's gone. It's lost. It, de- it depends who there's, yeah, I mean, there could be recourse depending on what firm those people were with, who, you know, again, I don't know Jamaican law at all. So, I mean, here in the here in the states like but at um, the moment he's out 10 million. At the moment, he's out ten million. Unless he's able to recover, you know, do something. But yeah, it could definitely be, you know, hopefully, you know, the Jamaican authorities and whatever, whatever regulatory agency they have that guides financial. But then, then I mean, but I see it all the time. I see people who portray themselves as financial advisors and don't have a license. You ten know? million dollars, Armando, done, gone. You know, think about that, bro. That you go to your account. Let me see, get ten thousand dollars you have in there, and you go to check your account, and you got eighteen hundred dollars. <laughs> 18 bucks. $10 million, bro. You know, Fastest and, and guy in the world. I don't know if he's the smartest, but he got taken for a ride. No, and Jason, what Jason said is true. You know, it, it happens way too much. And I'm a big boxing guy. And, you know, unfortunately, boxers and, and, and a, lot, a lot of athletes, they come from, you know, humble upbringings, you know, and and maybe they were raised in, in poverty. They came up, you know, they they weren't taught things the proper way. And they get taken advantage of. And I, I see it in boxing all the time. And it sucks. You know, boxers that I know personally, boxers that I, I've interviewed in the past, Tito Trinidad got taken advantage by his best friend. Invested some money. Bullcrap. Took all of it. This was his boy. Um, another boxer who, I mean, I have a personal relationship with, so I won't, I won't name him. 
somebody took advantage of him and and bad business deals. Dude, this is a guy that that has kids. He he's sick. He has a some weird disease right now. I uh, was doing some TV work, not doing it anymore. He got taken advantage of. I mean, this that's like the the sad part of you know athletics of life or of anything. There's people that are dicks, and they take advantage of people. You know, because they they don't know, and and they just get taken advantage of. The whole lotto scheme with with the, you know. So when when you meet you know when you meet these athletes, you know, how do you explain this to them? Because a lot of times it comes from people that they trust, best friends, family members that end up just being. You're dicks and and taking all their money. Yeah, they, they come in all you know the the they come in all sorts of clothes. The wolves come in all sorts of clothes, right? So it's more about just talk through with everyone. And I even tell them, look, when when someone decides to go with us, like, look, I just met you. You know, even if I've been talking to you for two or three years, does that mean that I'm trustworthy enough for you to give me ten million dollars to invest for you? That's why you need a system of checks and balances. You need to know where money goes. You need to know where your checks are being made out to, like. As a financial advisor, I can't have a check made out to my name. Like, it has to go to a holding. You know, so I educate them on what I'm doing to give them peace of mind. And I tell them, even when I earn your trust, I still am going to work to maintain and keep that every day. So you're never going to sign a piece of paper. You don't know what you're signing. And if 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 you don't understand something, I need to explain it to you. If you still don't understand, I need to re-explain it to you in another way. Because if I get defensive or I can't explain you something to do it, I don't deserve your business. And why should you trust me to, to do something like that? It's the people that get defensive that make them feel bad. Oh, you, you don't want to help me out. No, no, that's, this is, you know, I don't want to lose. <laughs> so but I need, I need to understand what I'm doing. But how know? hard is it to explain to them sometimes that, you know, oh no, but, it, but it's Mike, you know, he's my boy. Like, you know, cause some of these people are there, like we were saying, it's, it's the closest of the close yeah. man. And, and then, you know, you hear these stories and it's, like one of their parents or like their uncle or cousin or something. Oh, like yeah. That. I mean, the stories go on and on. I mean, I know guys that were giving money to their family and, you know, they weren't giving to others, but others would go through the family and then continue to siphon from them. So I, that you never know. Right. So it's just a matter of figuring out. All right. Well, let's. But so then if you so then what we step steps that we take are, OK, you want to invest in businesses? Great. Send them to me. It's be like, oh, great. You have a business idea. Go over to my, my CFP, my, you know, my, my financial people, send them the business plan. We'll take a look at it. And then in the off season, when I evaluate this stuff, we'll do it. Let me tell you, that eliminates 96% <laughs> of, yeah. because yeah, they don't have a business plan. You know, right. the two questions I ask anyone that sends a business idea, great, let's look at the business plan. And then I ask them, how much money do you have invested? Do you have skin in the game? Those to me are two huge red flags. Yeah, the moment yeah. they say no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't have any money invested. No, 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 like, I just, but, I, but I just need 250. You know I mean? That's it. I just yeah. need 250. Yeah. You know, so we definitely have ways to coach up and again, to be the jerk. And then I tell the guys, I'm like, look, give me the business plan. Don't strain your relationship. Armando, do you trust Mike enough that you would do business with him? Yeah, I would. Okay. So now I'm actually going to look at this with how do we make this happen versus nah, I would never do business with him. Okay. Now I'm going to light it on fire in 30 different places and say, listen, this doesn't align this, that even when family's asking him for money, listen, in season, we, you know, off in the off season is when we commit funds to investments in order for us to give you this money or do this, it's, it's going to cost him a lot. So, right. you know, let's let's evaluate this in the offseason if that's where we need to go. Ryan Howard, the Phillies, had a big issue with mm -hmm. his brother. Yep. Something that there came up, a little paper signed, I'm going to take care of you, and then didn't go too well. And then, you know, I believe his career suffered at the end, performance-wise, because I think this was like a big thing. 
There's no know? coincidence. Yeah, when no, when when no their their financial house is not in order off the field, no. it bleeds on the no, field. And especially when you're in the fighting with your own brother or your own parent, you know. Listen, I, I know the Britney Spears situation was a conservatorship or whatever it was, but when she started that thing, she was worth six hundred million dollars. The dad took control of the money, right? She was the thing, whatever. And girls are worth like sixty million dollars now. That's that's theft for her for her benefit for her. You know that's that's theft, bro. Like that's kind of like you know. The problem is a lot of people get away with it. I mean, there are people running around in the NFL circles. I mean, there's there's a really good attorney down here in in South Florida. I think his office is on South Beach. His name is Chase Carlson. He literally has made a a niche of representing m- mainly athletes, but he does you know other other people as well. But he became the you get screwed over by someone. I'm gonna fight on your behalf to recover as much as we can. I think he worked with like Udonis Haslam. He's He's repped a lot of people who have been, you know, who have been taken advantage of. And the real estate deals that yeah. get burned and then they So a lot, you know, a lot of it has to be, you know, okay, has to be a financial advisor, someone who's backed by a big company that has insurance, that has ENO, whatever, you know, errors and omissions insurance to be able to recover the money if they do some wrongdoing. But a lot of guys they get swept under the rug. They don't get into huge trouble. I mean, and there's a ton of people running around. And then they're a regular financial advisor and then they evolve to a business manager. And then they evolve to uh, an advi- you know, just a, an advisor or a handler or whatever you want to call it, and they just stick around, you know. And it's like, man, I feel- and that's really like, look, I have a very good practice outside of sports. You know, sports is a big passion of mine. You know, having played and seeing how hard guys work, but it's really a why of like, I want to be one of the good guys. I want to like, if I can, if I can help five, ten a draft class, like I'm doing. I can't save everybody, but if I can really do that then I really feel like I'm making an impact because they do work so hard. You know, people think, oh, and they're not all millionaires. That's the, the biggest misconception right. of all. I mean, any, you know, of, of the drafted guys, half of them won't become a millionaire until year four. We'll get, what do we just talk about? The average yeah. career, you know? Two point year, yeah. So it, that it's really something that's pa- I'm passionate about and, and why I'm so transparent and why I do what I do. And, you know, people that I work with and the families that we work with, you know, they're, I like to think that they're grateful and, and, they appreciate us, and that's that's all I can ask for. No, and that's awesome, man. And and look, you know, it's there's businesses, but you know what you're doing is a is a huge service, man, to to some of these athletes who who need it. You know, they they get into the sports as like I said, kids, and and they need somebody to to teach them financial responsibility. So, and and Jason's one of the good guys, man. So, uh, kudos sure. to you. I try. I try to well, prove. I try to prove that as much as I can. Nothing like helping people either, you know, especially coming genuine, good, good feeling, good emotion from a good place, helping people. Nothing like it, man. Absolutely. And before we go, you know, you you mentioned you're 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 a basketball guy. Uh, you played with some, like we say, caballos, right? Uh, but you know, you 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 play basketball. Both of your boys are playing at Diamond Dreams, and they're they're both good baseball players. Did did you play baseball growing up at all? I played one year. Yeah. So I I kind of did everything. I did. I played karate. I, Karate, football, a couple years, baseball, <laughs> one year, and then ba- basketball was a staple and truly, truly what I stuck with and what I was passionate about. And and what it, led you to push your boys towards baseball? So part of it was, you know, I think most of us during COVID, we were like sick and tired of being home. We wanted to go, <laughs> we wanted to go outside, but no, kudos to my wife for doing the research and 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 finding Diamond Dreams when what they were three and five or yeah. four and a half, whatever it was, and you know just specifically the some of the horror stories we heard from other academies and just you know i don't know how you do it with all the little ones i can barely do it with a four and a six-year-old in my own house yeah. i can't imagine 
crazy. seven t-ball teams, whatever you guys have, like the 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 instruction and just the way that you get the little ones in line is incredible. So kudos to you, and and that's that's really how we found it, and my my boys love it, you know, and and you know they're. Doing we love having them, man. Yeah. We love having those two guys running yeah. around everywhere, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and, I was gonna um, say I don't know how Mike does it either because I'm I'm a volunteer head coach now for <laughs> Team Kelly Green, and and man, sometimes I leave practice or a game and drained. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm like, and it's one game and it's T-ball and I call my brother and we're we're like, you know, we spend a long time talking about these games and we're like, yo, we're talking about T-ball right now, <laughs> talking about T-ball, but bro, kudos, kudos to Mike and and his academy, man. It's 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 awesome. Funny thing, last last season. Just a few months ago, playoffs, I remember, I remember, playoffs in Grapevine, right? That's I remember going going on on Instagram and seeing you know Jason panning from one field to another, and it was like both your boys like hit the ball within like no, no, no. a millisecond it of was each incredible. other. Like that was one of my coolest moments as a forget it, as a dad. Like they were playing on on fields right next to each other in the championship game. And I guess because of the T ball rules, Caleb only batted twice, and literally both times that he batted. Matthew was up his bat on the next field over. And that one time, they literally hit the ball within milliseconds of each other. It That's was insane. And he like, got it on video. And he got but think about everything. Think about how many things have to happen in between innings, during innings, for that to line up like that. Not once, twice. And the only two times. The only two times. <laughs> think and, about that. And of course, I had, of course, of where they were situated, I was on both visitor sides yeah so, you were out of, I <laughs> so i heard a lot so i got to hear uh you know hey well you walked away with two championships yeah. last season t-ball and 6u that's awesome yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. caleb, caleb got the rate they they were out of trophies so there was only two people who could not get trophies i had to choose a ring and of course my son the four-year-old <laughs> i want a ring and gets, and gets a championship ring so that's it was awesome it's funny if there wasn't any video evidence and Jason tells that story. People will call Wayala. I don't believe him. They call Wayala big. Time. <laughs> oh, well, he got it. But I saw it on video, yeah. so it happened. Well, Jason, hey, th thank you for coming on with us. This was a great episode. Well, I, it was I a encourage. Super great episode. I mean, I'm, we're gonna promote it, but we encourage everybody to listen to it. It's listen awesome. to it. Learn about some money. Tune in. And hey, we got some big time guests coming up. Yeah. After this one, we're we excited. can't let the cat out of the bag yet. Yeah, but, but it's coming. We got some big ones. Thanks again, Jason. Absolutely. Twenty one. Let's do it. <laughs>